We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to episode 544 of the Barcelona Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Dan Hilton, and I would like to welcome to the show, for the first time, a representative from the Peña Blagrana, London, Eduard Manias, to the show. Nice to see you, Eduard. Hi. Uh, thanks very much for uh, inviting me to the show. I'm uh, really excited. Yeah, and unfortunately, uh, while we do have a lot on the docket, your reason for coming on the show, we're going to get to right off the, the front. But yeah, a few things on the docket today, previewing the Spanish Super Cup, some listener questions that were dangling from a few weeks in the past. But first, as I said, unfortunately, we begin with a rather sad subject. On January the 4th, the Bar & Co., where the Peña Blagrana London watched the matches, the Bar & Co. sunk. So since that time, it has been great to see the outpouring of support. But if possible, Edward, can you provide some context on how people can continue to help out and what's next for the Pena and the Bar & Co. and kind of what's next for all these different parties? Yeah, it's, so it's, it's really sad news, to be honest. So you know, a little bit of context is uh, Pena Valorana London, which we are the official supporters of Football Club Barcelona in uh, London. We uh, have been meeting at Bar & Co. Uh, for the last 15 years to uh, watch the matches. I, I mean, it's 2008, right? So uh, the, the first, uh, as a matter as an anecdote, the, the first match that uh, we uh, saw at Bar Co was uh, the first Guardiola La Liga match. So, mm. so that's you know how far back you know our relationship with uh, Bar Co goes. And very sadly, uh, Bar Co sank on the Thames last um, last Thursday. So it was really uh, a lot of our Peña members. They were really distraught to uh, to see so many memories, so many happy you know, times that we've lived uh, a bar and co down under the water. So, but very quickly as well, you know, it's uh, it is the 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 human tragedy of the people of Barranco, because Barranco it was a family business mostly. Their, their main business was uh, uh, parties and uh, it was like a restaurant uh, business. And it, there were a few people that, that directly depended uh, on it. So aside from the Peña that uh, had been uh, our home for so long, as well as uh, there is people that now they're unemployed. Uh, the owners, for example, they've lost all their sa uh, all the savings, went into Bar & Co. I mean, it's, it's a small company. 
so uh, uh, I remember when when the uh, I saw the first picture. So so the barn coal sank around uh, half twelve, but I didn't actually uh, learn of that uh, until maybe half four or something like that. When one of the one of our Peña members saw the picture in in uh, uh, social media. That, oh no, they were talking about uh, a boat that sank in the Thames, and then oh, God, that's Baron Coe. So he posted it in a in a WhatsApp group, and that was really met with incredulity. Uh, is that a fake? It looks very real for being a fake. Uh, you know, it is. Uh, so, so what I did was to ring up the the owner and and the poor guy. I mean, he you know, he, he was. No, he couldn't talk. I mean, he was completely distraught, uh, as you can imagine. You know, to see your livelihood going down uh, into the Thames, and he said, "Listen, I cannot talk right now, but uh, I confirm. You know, the Barranco has, uh, you know, sank. Uh, fortunately, and this is a uh, good news: is there were not personal injuries, uh, which I mean, uh, within you know the, the whole tragedy is, is 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 good news. But nonetheless, you know, it's it's." Is, is tragic. So the the you know what we started doing uh, in the Peña is to uh, okay how how can we help the people of Barranco, uh, and then we uh, set up a crowdfunding campaign in order to raise awareness of of this and also uh, in order to to help them out whatever way we can. And I mean I'm we're overwhelmed by the uh, support from. Uh, from all over the world, especially from the Barza family, lots of Peñas uh, have have helped out. A lot of uh, Barza fans that maybe they would have come to London to visit, and they always they they came to our Peña to watch the Barza match, and they were uh, extremely welcome there by the Peña, by the Barranco staff. They always were uh, extremely welcoming. So many of these people also they have been uh, chipping in uh, with the um, you know, with, with helping out. I mean. We we're overwhelmed. The, the owners are also absolutely overwhelmed, and you know they, they don't have words to thank. I, I was actually talking to the to the owner today, and they don't have words to thank. You know all all the uh, the love and and support that they've received these days. Well, that uh, those efforts hopefully will not be stopping anytime soon. Those links for the crowdfunding and stuff that's down in the description or the show notes. Again, that's why I just want to bring light to this. Again, this is the Pena family and FC Barcelona. It's supposed to be one community. And of course, when one Pena gets a little bit of bad news, you, you expect the rest to kind of you know, raise all ships, if, if, if you will, and, and try to help out and see what we can do from there. Um, also yeah. mentioned too, the Pena Blagrana London was the old Pena of Frances Tomas, of course, who was my co-host when we began the show way back in Indeed. the day. Of Indeed, Frances. Yeah, he was. Uh, he had been uh, when he was living in London. He he was uh, one of our Peña members, and uh, yeah, he's a, he's a very nice guy. Yeah, yeah. So the the Bar and Co goes back to the very very first episode of this show. Um, so again, the the show notes uh, and the description have the crowdfunding and those links down there. So uh, now I'm going to shift our attention. We're going to talk a little bit about, of course, FC Barcelona, the first team, and all that. And we shift our attention to Saudi Arabia now. There was a time, again, like when I started this podcast, when the Spanish Super Cup was a bit an afterthought because FC Barcelona was winning other trophies and the like and thinking the Champions League was very possible. But it does seem pretty important at the moment, uh, Eduardo, for Xavi to win another trophy at this point with the way that the season is going so far. So as far as jumping right into the Spanish Super Cup talk, how imperative do you think it is that Barcelona win the Spanish Super Cup? I think it's more imperative from the money point of view than from the resource point of view, uh, because we desperately need the money. Uh, and I think that the, um, 
the, the winning I think is 6 million euros reaching the final plus uh, 1 point something million and uh, maybe you, you can get the, the, the exact figures for, for winning it, right? So that's, that's def desperately, uh, Barca needs that. Of course, from the point of view of, 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 uh, of the team, and getting into the right mindset, and, and God knows they do need it. That will be a big morale boost to to win the the Super Cup, either against Real Madrid or Atletico. I don't know what uh, you know. I think they're playing today. I don't know how they're doing, but uh, but what what uh, the, the the main issue of Barcelona right now? I, I don't think is we've got bad players. I think the team is not performing as it should. Uh, and I think the players don't have the right mindset as they should. So, so it's really, uh, you know, uh, uh, gaining a bit of confidence and, and getting a trigger. And I'm sure that they will click in into the, uh, the team and they start playing as I know they can play. Uh, and maybe the Super Cup might do that for us. Well, as we're recording this right now, it, the second half just started between Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid. It's 2-2 at the moment. So, oh, well, yeah, we'll keep, we'll keep updating that. Uh, likely we'll end the podcast before that, that reaches its final. But, yeah, we know how that's going to go. So as far as who should start, uh, I, that's always a question that I think everybody always asks. And to me, it seems pretty, because of the injuries to Cancelo, and it, it seems pretty obvious as to, I think, the 11 who's going to start, of course, Naki Pena and Net, but... I think it seems like the waves are going back to the idea of, you know, back from last season with Balde, Christensen, Araujo, and Kunde. And then in the midfield, to me, it seems like Roberto is going to get this start along with Gundogan and De Young, and then Torres, Lewandowski, and that last spot, whether it's Rafinha or Laminia Mall, I, I totally understand the argument for Rafinha, but this is one of those, against Osasuna at least, one of those rare starts I would give Laminia Mall. Do you find any different between the 11 that I just gave you? Or, I mean, and we don't know about Balde's status either. It seems like he's going to be healthy, but that, you know, we have another question about Hector Fort as well and his Copa del, uh, del Rey display. But I would still think that Balde is going to start if, if available. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds all right. I mean, the, it, again, I think all these play, uh, in the in the striking force, for example, within uh, Rafinha or uh, Lamin Yamal. I love Lamin Yamal. So uh, for me, it should just start, uh, you know, in the uh, Rafinha, he's. Uh, he, he's a great player, but uh, I, I suppose uh, he was a great player uh, at Leeds. Uh, in Barca, he's been struggling to uh, to to be that same great player that uh, uh, that, that he promised at Leeds. So yeah, I mean he could start instead of Lamin Yamal. Uh, personally, I, I think our, our youngsters deserve to uh, start playing more and, and showing off because they are ultimately the future. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, I, I mentioned Hector Fort. So again, with with Balde, after his Copa del, del Rey display, and, you know, I, I do tend to give a lot of focus to the academy kids. And so I kind of want to temper expectations while also saying that, I don't know, maybe Hector Fort would start if Balde isn't 100% instead of trying to, we'll say, throw different things uh, against the wall. Because you'd think the other idea, I would assume, would be Sergio Roberto would start at left back. So the question is, would you start Hector Fort or Sergio Roberto at left back? Then who do you start in the midfield? Well, it'd be Ordo Romeu, and you kind of go down the, the depth chart that way. Or the other option, as one of our listener questions came in here for asking about the positioning, uh, QT asked, should we change from a 4-3-3 to a different formation? The answer to that would be no, but he also brought up, would Rafinha start as an interior in this situation? And I think against an Osasuna team that has been pretty solid, not as solid as they were last season, but Osasuna, uh, again, they, they have a good defensive shape. They move really well from that medium block. They get out on the counterattack. So would you be, again, how comfortable would you be with the idea of starting with Finia as the high right interior instead of Sergio Roberto in that setup? Well, I mean, in the, in the, uh, you know, striking in the strikers, uh, you know, uh, as a striker, you mean? Um, no, I, well, I would say you'd start, if you start Ferran Torres, Lewandowski, Lamine Yamal, and then again, in that, that midfield three, you start Gundogan and De Jong as a double pivot. Would you be comfortable starting with Finia as the other midfielder as like that high right interior midfielder uh Raf- rafinha yeah, yeah, yeah i mean rafinha said uh, despite what i just said rafinha he, he's he's a great player i mean but uh, for example if you ask me between rafinha and lamin yamal uh, you know, i want lamin uh, you know the, the lamin to uh to play right uh, he's you know he, he's a good player uh, he still needs to uh to learn more he's he's very young he's 16 but uh you know, uh, you know i think he's 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 capable to, to play at, uh, at Barca's level. But Rafinha is, is a fantastic player. I mean, Sergi Roberto, I mean, it's, it's um, an, an anecdote. In the Peña, people start to sweat when they hear Sergi Roberto, uh, especially at the back. <laughs> uh, so he's, I mean, he, he's been a Barca player for a long time. I, I really love him uh, a bit. But uh, yeah, I mean, probably... Uh, uh, I, I think that uh, Rafinha is, is probably a better uh, bet. Do you think Sergio Roberto's uh, with the other reports this week? Do you think he's actually going to get renewed? Uh, he he always just about makes the cut uh, in, in the decision making. Uh, in that uh, he's not we're not going to renew him. We're not going to renew him. And in the end, he just makes it. So uh, and. I don't know from the top of my head how long his contract is, whether it runs till the end of the season or next season. But yeah, I mean, he, I suppose he's he he can't play. He can't get you out of uh, you know of uh, you know of, of of a bad situation, especially when you, you you've got too many injuries because he's very um, he can play many different places, right? Uh, and he's, he's a player that is Barcelona through and through. However, the, the the questions are, you know, about uh, maybe his quality. Well, his contract is up in June, so they would have to renew him, you know, and he could be a free agent at this point, you know. And uh, we are a similar age; we're, we're a few born a few months apart, Sergio Roberto and I. And as far as him being too older, things and and you with your Catalan background, 
that would be the one thing I would say about keeping Sergio Roberto around is that that institutional, not even his versatility about what he can do on the field, because you'd hope that Barcelona in the summer months, I mean, not necessarily in January here, but in the summer months, they've recouped just a little bit of income where they can reinforce the squad again, because that's what last summer felt like after two years ago with Lewandowski, Kunde, and, you know, the, 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 the levers being, being projected and then bringing in those big talents and things like that, and then having to pay for that for the next few seasons. So with last summer being what it was, knowing you weren't going to bring in, in much, but trying your best to, to fortify the bench. And I would say that this coming summer, you'd hope it's the same thing, where you have the core of your squad, you know, with Gabi hopefully getting healthy and, and Pedri maybe potentially getting healthy someday. But you have your core of your squad now built, and you're, in theory, you're, you're 11 to 14 players of Xavi Trust. And then this summer also is another way to fortify the squad and bring in a few extra players. And I, my only thing about Sergio Roberto with, for another year is that because, yes, the academy is bringing through Balde. And, and remember, Gabi is, is Andalusian. He's not. And, and Pedri is from Las Palmas. So I, I just as important as that Catalan identity has been to the, the squad. Now you're having captains for the first time. And, and I went back to it. And it was uh, the late 90s since the last time that that the majority of your main captains were not of Catalan origin. So I think there is something important about having that Catalan connection as one of your captains. And again, being your first captain, you'd expect that player to play, but it also isn't essential, right? But to have a player like that in the locker room and Xavi, of course, being Catalan as well is helpful for the identity of the squad, but you also don't know how long he'll stick around or what kind of leash he has if he doesn't win any trophies this season. So I don't know, as dumb as it sounds, I think as at the number that he would accept, because I, I believe that, you know, he's always lived in Barcelona. He's never been anywhere else. So I feel like if you offer him two, 2 million or something or 2.5 mil to carry on for another season and kind of represent, just be a Catalan captain with the expectations that he'll play, what, 10 to 15 times next season. I, it sounds so crazy that I'm arguing for Sergio Roberto, but to me, again, I, I feel like his importance is so much more of him off the field than what he actually represents on the field. Because I think, again, you're renewing him not as a player, but I mean, because the other argument I would make is that this season, there was there's only 19 first team players registered. Because again, Lamine Mall and Fermin Lopez have youth numbers. So you only have 19 first teamers. So it's not that crazy that if you even up that number to 25, that means you've brought in five additional first team players in the summertime, which I don't think Barcelona is going to have the money to do. And again, one of those players, again, renewing, it's just Sergio Roberto, and he's one of your 25 first team numbers. And again, it doesn't mean that he needs to take a spot or minutes from Fermin Lopez, because we've seen that this season, that Fermin Lopez has been chosen, and we didn't even mention him as a potential starter instead of Roberto. So really the argument might be instead of Rafinha, you start Fermin Lopez, instead of Sergio Roberto. So I, I just, I'm not too worried about Sergio Roberto kind of sticking around if the number is right. No, it, I, I mean, it's, it's not crazy at all. I mean, what you've said, I think actually the, the reason why he got renewed uh, you know, last time was because he accepted that he wasn't going to be playing on the starting up team. Uh, he was going to be, uh, he's giving more to the team than the, you know, what he gives in the pitch. I think he, he gives a lot of, you know, behind in the dressing room, as you said, explain the culture of Barcelona to the new joiners. Uh, I'm sure he uh, he puts a lot in the uh, during training. Uh, he he can pass on a lot of the experience as well that he's he's been building. And plus, uh, yeah, he he's gonna be renewing for uh, 
for, for less money than he might be making in uh, other teams. I mean, that, that's a given. So if, if he renews, yeah, it's going to be on, on those bases. I'm sure that he's going to be happy. And more likely than not, Barcelona is going to be happy as well. Because again, he, he can't get you out of um, uh, you know, bad luck with uh, injuries. Uh, and Barcelona seems to be very prone to uh, bad luck with injuries very often. Uh, and uh, he might just you know, score a couple of goals and, and win you a game uh, as well. Right? So, uh, yeah, we, we'll see what this summer you know, uh, you know, you know, gives you. But uh, one interesting bit that you were mentioning about uh, signings of Barcelona is uh, we, we didn't, I'm actually quite proud, we, we didn't spend any money. Well, I think it was only four or five million for Rio Romeo this summer. I think that Antwerp is the second team in the Champions League from the bottom of, of, of uh, uh, signing apps. I think they spent like 17 million euros. So uh, so we managed to do a competitive team, sorry, a comp- yeah, a competitive team with uh, within our means because we, we don't have the money. Uh, the, other, the other question is, I think we, we do have a good, you know, good players. It's just, uh, we've got a worse team than the players we've got, right? So usually, I mean, we don't have top, top, players like we had during the Guardiola years and, and the Champions Leagues. But we have still above average players, I think. Right? But uh, uh, for that, in order to win titles like La Liga or, or to progress to the Champions League uh, much further up, uh, you need the, the team to step up. And that's the job of the coach. It's either mentally, well, it's, it's mentally, uh, for sure, uh, and, and tactically as well, uh, and, and make sure that the, the players understand the tactics the team, uh, the, the coach wants them to, uh, to play as. And for some reason, it's, it's not getting there. Right? So I, I'm not, I mean, actually, I love Xavi, and I think he's the right uh, coach for uh, Barcelona. It's just he hasn't found the, the formula to make this team tick. Uh, he's been, you know, trying to hit in a wall for the last few months. So um, at some point, uh, hopefully, you know, he'll, you know, he'll get through. But uh, let's hope the sooner rather than later. Well, I have to ask a question as we were talking about the money in the summertime and things like that. Uh, a question that I know the answer to, but I just have to ask it anyway, because it was, it was, it's been coming up. So Ronald Araujo is being linked to a 100 million euro move to Bayern Munich, but it seems like he doesn't want to go. Totally makes sense. But if you're Juan Laporta and company, do you consider that move if Araujo might change his mind? Because I think we all understand that 100 million euros being brought in would certainly help Barcelona quite a bit in terms of their financial issues. So 100 million for Araujo, again, he's not going, so this is a hypothetical. I mean, he doesn't want to go. But let's say that Juan Laporta and stuff, won, I mean, they tried to change Frankie de Jong's mind <laughs> the last two summers, and he, you know, he was pretty steadfast. So yeah, would, would you try to change Araujo's mind if that meant that You'd solve your financial issues. See, our, our problem—the uh, answer is no, right? But um, our, our problem is that uh, Barca is a team that doesn't know how to sell and doesn't know how to buy, right? So we we buy high, we sell um, uh, low, and whenever we sell high, we don't know what to do with the money. And maybe if, if we sold Araujo, that he's a Barca through and through player. That, that first, I wouldn't sell him because of that, right? But even if we sell him for 100 uh, million uh, euro, and then we've got the Neymar example of what, uh, how to throw away to the uh, waste bin, uh, 230 million euros. So mm-hmm. we sold Neymar, we bought two players that, I mean, Coutinho, that uh, he 
it's uh, no comments on Coutinho uh, and Dembélé that uh, it was really we threw the money out uh, we overpaid like two or three times his his value uh, and then you end up replacing one player for two and with no money left if anything you end up paying more uh, and you're worse off so with uh, Araujo probably will happen the same we would uh, get 100 million uh, you know, spend those 100 million two other players to defend us and uh, one 35 year old and the other one uh, you know, god knows what Araujo is the future of Barca's defense. It's, it's the, the pique of, uh, you know, for the next uh, years to come. So um, I, I wouldn't sell him. Well, yeah, I mean, in terms of that argument about selling players when they're worth something and before it's too late. So with Araujo and Pedri having their injury issues that they've had, the idea would be, yeah, if you're going to ever sell Pedri for a major number and his highest value, it would probably be this kind of summer because you don't know. At 21 years old, 2020, 2021, how much more injured will Pedri be? Where will his career be down the line? Again, he, just like Ansu Fati, just like Gabi even, that when you start the, your career at 16, injuries add up. And those injured players that get hurt, I mean, Michael Owen, again, there's so many examples of these 16, 17-year-olds who start too early, play too much first-team football, and then they have a hard time getting healthy in their careers. So the idea, again, I'm, I've said many, many times, I've done full videos on just about Pedri and his support to Barcelona. I think he's a future still of Barcelona and Pedri is just so essential. Same thing with Araujo. I don't sell him. But again, at 24 and a player that has been injured every year of his career in Ronald Araujo, again, this is the summer you sell him because I don't think he'll ever be worth 100 million euros again. This would be the moment to that point, right? So it's just, that's the kind of argument that Barcelona, especially with the financial issues they have, they need to keep their talent because Barcelona, it, it's that cycle, right? Where if you want to win trophies and you want to succeed and make money, you have to have the best players. So you don't get you don't sell your best players in Araujo and Pedri because you need them to win trophies. But again, if you want to sell them at their highest value, you have to sell them before they're not worth as much as they would be. But, I mean, yeah. But the problem is when you sell them at the highest value is what do you do with that money? Correct. And history you know, has proven time and time again that when we uh, sell a player for a lot of money, then when you go and knock at the door of other teams, they ask for three times their uh, the other player's worth, right. and Barca pays it. So uh, it's, I don't know. I, I wouldn't sell. Uh, I, I, I do agree with yes. Yeah, so if you want to make money, like Borussia Dortmund, for example, you need to sell when the uh, players are uh, hot in the market. That, that's how you make the money. Uh, that's when you you sell a high. Uh, but Barca, I mean. Doesn't know how to do it because when the players are hot, we want them because we're a winning team uh, with a winning mentality. So no, I, I wouldn't you know, sell Araujo. Yeah, I mean, I'd also say wages are a huge important part of this too because again, like Frankie De Young, the reason why, if anything, that he wasn't able to be sold, or yes, of course, it was his choice and he refused to be sold, but it was also much harder to move him at his number, thirty-seven point five mil in a season. No team reasonably no team is going to do is going to do that and as much as people do complain about Rafinha and Ferran Torres the one argument that differentiates them from even Dembele and Coutinho is that they fit in the wage structure because Dembele even his wages were so high with the exception of that last year when he renewed that last year he renewed he fit the wage structure and he not say he lowered his price but if anything he did not accept some kind of because he found out that the market there really wasn't a market for him 
So his wages in the season were, were lower than they, they would have been in theory based on the contract that he had signed initially. All right. So the only thing to, to close off this conversation about money, because I'm tired of talking about the money, uh, Barcelona will get six mil for just participating in the Spanish Super Cup. Then the winners will get, as you mentioned, an additional 1.5 million. The runner-up will get 1 million. So really not a big difference other than a trophy between it's it's 500,000. That's all we're talking. That's true. Isn't it? Where's the motivation to, to win? It's uh... No, half a million, but for a player that really earned that in a couple of weeks. Yeah, and and with all the injuries as well between Cancelo and Pedri, you know, you don't want to force them into a final because, again, the difference is the two losing semifinals will both get 750,000 each. So you're only talking about 700. I know it's a lot, but it's not 750,000 being the difference. Again, when you talk about gate revenue, you know, just getting a few more people to Montjuic for a month would be you know, more than, more than make up for that. Okay. So let's do a few more questions here from out of element ask, should Xavi give Gyu some starts or at least some more playing time, bring him on for 60 or 70 minutes in for Lewandowski? Because I think people are already beginning an argument um, and kind of a conversation about Mark Gyu and Vita Roque and, and their time and kind of figuring out a way to get both of them assimilated to the first team as soon as possible. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, uh, Mark, he's 18, isn't he? Um, uh, 17. He's, uh, yeah, he's 18, 18, isn't he? He's 18, isn't he? Yeah. He's Victor Roque, I think he's 18 as well. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Happy birthday to Mark, you just turned 18 January Oh, he, 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 oh so he's just 18. So, I mean, they're, yeah, I mean, they're so talented. But then, again, uh, talent is one thing, but you need experience. So, I'm, I'm concerned, I mean, is Victor Roque and Mark, you compatible uh, up front so so it's a lot of talent but uh, can you have uh, two inexperienced players playing at highest level together Uh, maybe yes the old time out or uh, the old old time but uh, maybe not consistently so you you still need the Lewandowski's and uh, 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 maybe even Ferran Torres although he's been a bit unlucky (laughs) for the last uh, few years definitely my preference always is uh, the you know the Cantera. Is Mark? You, I, I like the guy, right? So really, I want him to uh, succeed at Barcelona. He should have more minutes, 100%. Uh, Lewandowski, uh, he, personally, you know, I think he's 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 getting older, and I don't think he's getting any better. So uh, hopefully, you know, maybe he'll stay another year. He, he you know he needs to start transferring. It, as many uh, skills and experience as possible to mark you, and also Peter Roque. Uh, and the, the last need to learn as fast as possible. So, uh, so yeah, I think Rwandowski is still the rock of the uh, of the striking force, but the uh, the youngsters need to uh, you know, to start stepping up. And who is going to be? I mean, it's too early to say for Victor uh, Roque because he. I mean, I, I don't know him very well. Uh, he's just you know. Uh, starting to um, settle down in the team, in the city. He's a young Brazilian. He's, he's too young, from my point of view, uh, to be uh, signed up. Uh, as, you know, 30 million, I think 60 million altogether. It's 30 million fixed, 30 variables, which knowing Barca, those 30 million variables is probably just to, you know, to breathe uh, and, and you get the 30 million. So uh, uh, he's going to have the same pressures as Dembele had. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the, the issues and critiques of Dembélé is that he didn't have the breathing room of uh, growing as a youngster 
when he arrived because he had the 100 million uh, euro uh, mark on, on his head. Uh, and then, uh, rightly so, the Barca uh, fans demanded a lot more than maybe they should have demanded for uh, the, the experience that that player had. And Victor Roque is not the same as uh, Dembele, but still, I mean, having 60 million um, label with 18 year, uh, being 18, it's, it's, uh, it's probably a little bit too much. Well, I, I think we can be careful with that. I, I have seen that some of those incentives are Ballon d'Or related so and, and trophy related. So I think that Barcelona is a little bit safe for that for a, a little Does bit it? of time. Um, they never publish them, do they? No, 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 you, it's all hearsay. I agree with that. No, I'm going to actually zag a little bit. Again, I, I'm always, I, I, you know, I, I constantly am on tooting the horns for the academy kids. But I actually think Mark Yu this season has been handled almost perfectly. I, I think, as we mentioned, he just turned 18 last week. So, uh, you know, down in the, he just scored a hat trick as well. The Copa del Rey match against the uh, Salta de Vigo Bay the same day that the that Barcelona against Barbastro. So yeah, while well, you watch the Barbastro, you're like, oh, of course, Mark, you, he had a hat trick with the Copa del Rey, the Juvenil A. He probably could have been used as a first team. And that's a good opportunity to start him instead of having to, again, throw Lewandowski and Gundogan on in the second half to to save a match that you, you should have beat a fourth division side pretty easily. Disappointing there. But for Mark, you, again, I think that him at his age and where he is in his progression, again, he, his body, he's grown into his body very quickly. And there are other players in the academy as well. I think there's a 16-year-old Oscar Gustau who's also grown very, he's, he's really tall already, grown very quickly. So you do have to give those kind of tall, big, you know, the ones that grow into their bodies quicker, you need to still give them a little bit of time, even though he looks the part. Again, he's already scored two first-team goals. And uh, I actually love the way that he's been on the field, scored his first-team goals at what he was 17 at the time, now 18. So I would actually say just continue to take a breath with him. He's barely played for Barca B or Barca Athletic as well. He's he's not even their striker. Their striker is Pau Victor, who Barcelona is now considering at least even selling or, or paying his release clause and then bringing him in because he scored 11 goals himself. And Rafa Marquez is in a good spot with him as a striker for Barca Athletic. So again, I, I think Mark, Mark Yu has been... Every time he's incorporated in the first team is good news, and that's exciting. But I'm also not concerned if he's playing with the U19s or Barca Athletic or wherever he's getting time is where he's getting time. And again, he also went to the U17 World Cup this season. So I I'm totally fine with the minutes he's getting. At his age, again, 17, 18, you give him as much time as he can whenever he's available, whoever he's playing with, and I'm totally fine with it. So I would say, to me, I see it as Vita Roque's time overlapping with Lewandowski, you know, think of it as like a linear timeline. The timeline that Vita Roque and Lewandowski are overlapping, if anything, to me, Vita Roque and Xavi's desire to play him with Lewandowski, he's taking Zhao Felix's minutes. That's who's not coming back from all this. Because again, Lewandowski is likely going to be around next season at his number. If he chooses to stay, I believe it's a player option. So he'll be around, you know, even if he's not up to it, we'll say. But I think it's Vita Roque taking Zhao Felix's minutes or, or Ferran Torres' minutes on that left wing. And then again, when Lewandowski kind of rotating with him as well. And then again, whatever time Vitor, with uh, Mark Yu gets, I mean, Mark Yu, then he's on the field for. But yeah, I, I think Vitor Roque is more eating into Jao Felix than he is even Lewandowski. Because as I've said, as a broken record, Barcelona will win this season trophies based on Lewandowski scoring. You know, I know yeah. that he's frustrated. Uh, he's not he's scoring right now. That, that's a problem. But he, but he has to. Like, again, any pressure you put on... If you expect Ferran Torres, Rafinha, 
and Jao Felix and Vitor Roque to be the four that that score you to trophies. That's not going to be the case. Even Gundogan, it's it's going to be Lewandowski. He's got to score goals. Or Barcelona are not winning La Liga. Barcelona are not winning the Champions League. Barcelona are not winning Copa del Rey. And I mean, Spanish Super Cup is just two matches. So like last season, Gabi yeah, and Pedri fired them to the trophy. So you know, Rafinha might get hot in two games and you win the Spanish Super Cup. But yeah, to me, I think there are minutes for everybody. Lewandowski, Mark Yu, and and Vitor Roque, because to me, it's three different circumstances for the rest of the season as to who's getting those minutes and where they're getting those minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, I agree with that. I mean, uh, to be honest, my, my main concern, I, I think that Mark, you, you know, he, he needs to play as much as he can, but then on, on the other side of, of the question is, um, for example, what's happened uh, to players like Ansu Fati or, or Gabi or Pedri, that they're players that they started playing at the highest level from such an early age. I think Ansu Fati started at 16 as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Gavi and, and Petri as well in the 17s. And, and three years or two, three years on the line, keep getting injuries, left, right, and center. So um, I don't know if maybe we made them play too much because uh, I, I cannot understand how you know, such uh, young players, because when you're young, you know, I remember... Uh, okay, it's, it's not never at this level, right? But uh, I was able to to play a football match. I start I start with my friends at five o'clock, and we were still playing at nine p.m. But uh, they're getting too injured. Why? I don't know. Uh, maybe is is the is the the way how they train? Maybe is the medical staff, or maybe they're overloaded. Well, I would argue that Balde's regression this year might be a little bit of too many minutes last season, becoming the starter at at what was he, uh, nineteen at the time, and you know, throwing him out there game in and game out. And I think Balde's had a little bit of a regression in that way and hasn't gone the way he's gone. And a little update we have here, if you're not, if you're, again, I, if you're listening to this, it's been hours after the fact, but Atletico Madrid in the 80th minute, this is just for you, have scored. So it's 3-2. Oh, yes! Kepa, <laughs> the goalkeeper. But all right, so last question here again. So I'm hoping that we end the show on a good note again. That, that might- <laughs> the last question here is about Lamine Mall and kind of continuing this conversation. So uh, Adam Element asked, what's going on with Lamine Mall? He looked extremely dangerous in his first few games and has kind of petered out. But actually, the, the advanced metrics really like Lamine Mall in his now limited time because he's now playing less per 90. But he still has a, a reasonable and similar number as key passes and big chances created in a similar time frame per 90. So actually, the advanced metrics are, are, are often kind to him. And to that point, as I said with Lamine Mall this season, any minutes he plays are positive. I, I think even throughout this first half of the season, I am totally comfortable with yeah, he took the starting spot from Rafinha for a little bit. But again, Rafinha should have been the default starter. Like that was more of an indictment of Rafinha being completely out of form and not being trusted at the moment. But Rafinha since then has been reasonable enough in his playing time that that he's, you know, not even taking the starting spot back. But you have to have Rafinha be this. It's the same argument with Lewandowski. They have to be the starters. They have to, you know, make their money and deserve their spot because Lamine Mall, his time will come. So again, if anything, I'm looking at the advanced metrics about his, you know, expected goals and things like that. And they've been just fine in the chances that he's created. I will also say some of the regression might be because opposing opposing teams now have film on him. They've now been able to watch him. They now understand or, or limit him a little bit, but I've been completely fine. And I am not in any way worried about a 16 year old. Again, he was 15 in the summertime, turned 16 in July. So he is 16 for this entire season. He's not even 17 until next year. So again, any minute he gets, 
I would love to keep him under or around 2000 minutes, anything more than that. And I think you've probably played him too much. So I'm totally fine with him with his spot starts with his moments. Again, I would probably start him against Osuna and then he likely won't start for the rest of January. And that's how I would kind of uh, see Lamini Mall's playing time for the next few weeks and continue to throw him out to, to kind of unbalance things at the end of games. And that's his role. So yeah, I, I, I kind of pushed that a, a, away a little bit that, yeah, it looks like he's not really having an effect, but he also is playing a lot less minutes. I, and it would be lovely if he scored a few more goals. He hit the crossbar and the post quite a bit too. So, you know, he's inches away from having already scored three, four goals this season, as opposed to just the one that he did. And I, I would hope that by the end of the season, he has scored three goals. You know, that would be my, my hope from January to May that you get maybe, you know, three to four goals out of him. And he finally, you know, gets those on frame as opposed to hitting the post. But yeah, I actually am not too worried about Lamine Mall at all. No, it's, uh, just, just think about it. I mean, I mean, anybody over the age of 30, uh, and I, I am, right? Uh, what were you doing when you were 16? Well, definitely I wasn't playing you know, at the level of uh, Lamin Yamal. I didn't have the same pressures of Lamin Yamal. I mean, it's, uh, it's unbelievably how young he is. I mean, it's, it's unheard of in, in, the, uh, in, in the last 100, 150 years of uh, football. But a 16-year-old was playing at, at this level. I think the... Any, as you, you were saying, anything that Lamine uh, can play, that's welcome. Uh, he'll get the experience. But he shouldn't get to stress that he's not a Messi or he, he's not a Lewandowski. Uh, because uh, I, I think the, the, the main danger is that uh, he's not managed properly. And his, you know, his, uh, the expectations is that uh, he should be performing at a much higher level than uh, what's reasonable for his age. And he ends up, let's say, like Ansofati. That then, you know, he, he goes from big injury to big injury because, from my point of view, he wasn't properly managed. And and then at uh, 20, your career is, uh, is, is, is an uphill battle, right? which is, is what's... Uh, and I love uh, Ansu. Uh, and, you know, I, I think he was our next Messi. But uh, really, you know, it's, it's, uh, a lot of people fail him. And I think that for Lamin, that he's our next Messi as well. We really need to uh, to be very careful uh, how he progresses. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're out of the game by 25, 26, like a reminder about Lamin Mall, because I saw a terrible story out from some kind of those, one of those rags magazines about how, you know, his, his life off the field is now like in the fast lane. And A, is that that's complete nonsense. They're just trying to put pressure on the kid. But B, he's also still in school. Remember, like the, the kids who are 16... Still getting tutored or in classes, you know what I mean? Like, imagine just, you know how, you know, you'd be in class at that age and, and for me, high school here, and you're just kind of, you know, we, we would wear our jersey sometime on game day. So you're wearing your jersey, you see your, your teammates in the hallways and you're ready, getting ready for the game later that afternoon or night. But imagine it, he's sitting in class now with a tutor or with a, you know, because they have private teachers, but he's sitting with a private teacher trying to learn about spelling or arithmetic or whatever he's working on and now he's thinking about that game that night at the camp no i mean that's the different thing that he has to do on a day-to-day basis and the balance he has to have so i would yeah lay off him until he gets some kind of you know even his his what is the junior degree or whatever he gets at that we need to give him breathing space basically uh, and uh and try to get some of the heat off uh lamin yamal that 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 would be my advice yep 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 that's that's what I would say. And I think that's a good way to end it because unfortunately looks like Real Madrid have equalized in the 86 oh, minutes. Come on. I know. So yeah, they we have to end news. But uh, tomorrow as a programming note, 
I will have the five headlines for the semifinal against Osasuna. That'll be out later in the evening. So again, hopefully people had enough time to listen to this. But again, the most important reason I had Edward on again was to remind you to help crowdfund and contribute to the Bar & Co. again with the, the greater family. And then again, if you are in London, um, the Pen and Blagrana London, again, you guys can will be continuing on. So where can people find you? At, and by, by that, I mean the, the, the Pena and, Pena. and get Pena and Blagrana London now. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's now that uh, because we've lost our home. So, so mm-hmm. now it's going to be uh, some time. We're going to have to start uh, looking into um, uh, all the potential uh, candidates to, uh, to, to be our uh, Pena base. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the issue with London is, is, a, is a premier uh, city. So uh, it's, it's going to be hard uh, to, to find uh, a second base, but no, it's going to be our, our main base. Uh, but we'll, I mean, the Peña will uh, continue going. We'll find a place or even will be temporary, uh, you know, going from one place will be a bit nomad from one pub to another pub, but uh, we'll be gathering to watch matches and uh, we'll be promoting Barca uh, as always do. Yeah. So again, check out Peña Belgrana London across all the different social medias. You guys are really good with your communication. So again, you can find them. And then you can find me on X or Twitter or whatever, Instagram at the Barcelona pod. And then Patreon as well. Close safe group, merch store, all that different stuff that you can support my show and all that stuff as well. So thanks so much for listening to the show. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Of course, bye.